0: Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. Today, I have the third of five episodes featuring the interviews from Inspiration Rising Live in Orange County, California, where 70 or so women and a few guys gathered for a night of inspiration and connection. It was an amazing night, and I hope that the recording of the interviews gives you just a taste into what it was like to be there in person. Our third interview of the evening was with Kim D. Allen on the topic of raising seven kids while fighting violent extremism. Kim is the head of people empowerment at GenNext, an invitation-only organization of successful individuals dedicated to learning about and becoming engaged with the most pressing challenges facing future generations, specifically global security, education reform, and economic opportunity. Kim and her husband, Kevin, have seven children, including two in college and five in elementary and preschool, and their weekends are filled with dance competitions, sporting events, birthday parties, and philanthropic passions. Before we jump into the interview, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Inspiration Rising podcast on the Apple or Google podcast apps that are already loaded on your phone. If you go to insporising.com slash subscribe, the podcast app will automatically open on your device and you can click subscribe to ensure that you have every episode delivered to your phone. We have over 68 episodes now that you can listen to to go back and listen to the amazing interviews with powerful and inspiring female leaders. All right, let's join the audience at Inspiration Rising Live to hear from Kim D. Allen. Our next featured guest tonight is the Head of People Empowerment at Gen Next, And now, Gen Next? if you're not familiar with it, it's an invitation-only organization where they bring highly successful people together in order to be educated and engage on issues that are the most pressing challenges that are facing our current and future generations. And the three issues that they talk most about and are um, connecting about is education, economic growth, And what we're talking about tonight, which is global security. Uh, Kim has helped build that organization, frankly. And uh, not only is she a great wife, but Kim and her husband, Kevin, who is at home tonight with the kids. I hope so. Uh, We hope he is. Okay. (laughs) They are raising seven kids together. And I will tell you that uh, Kim and her husband, Kevin, uh, helped save my life. 11 years ago. They really, uh, when I was down and out and a mess, uh, they created space in their home to just welcome me and love me and, uh, and just helped me out tremendously. So, will you guys welcome Kim Allen?
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. So, you've got seven kids, two in college, yes. five at home. Yes. What are some of the craziest Statements and questions that people say or ask when you're all together out in public.
1: <laughs> well, I get a lot. Uh, top two, I would say are, "Oh, are they all? Your, all yours? Are these all your children? Oh, same from you? Like you gave birth to them. Same marriage, same person, same mom, same dad. And I'll tell you that that is the one that I've worked the most on how to respond to. I used to feel an obligation to respond to that, to give an answer. And I find it a very weird question, honestly. I'm thinking, are you asking how we conceived, like what positions we used, because I can start by showing you a picture of my husband and walking you through it. Or, I <laughs> no.
0: Was the moon involved?
1: The moon was there. Um, it's a, it's, I find it an odd question. I think I I can understand or appreciate that when something is different or from something that fits within a box that you understand, that you want to make sense out of it and put it within something, a context in which you understand. And one-on-one, person-to-person, I might engage in that question random person at Starbucks with my entire family, I am not going to answer that. What if one or all of them were, or some or all of them were adopted? Do I have to answer that? Does it make it different? Does it matter? What if some or all of them weren't mine? Does it matter? Um, So my answer now is, does it matter? And so you know, we have three girls. Well, (laughs) does it matter? Um, Does it matter? I'm not sure that it does, but You know, we have three girls, four boys, in that order. And the older two are my stepdaughters. And I would never, to me, I think it's personal because, especially in front of the children, I'm not going to create a separation in that moment. So I'm not trying to inappropriately take credit for them for birthing them or who they are. You but get more
0: credit for the ones that came out of you.
1: I, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm saying that's how people either. see it though, right? I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird world where social norms just go out the window as if it's somebody's true business, but I would never create separation in my family and if you ask any one of our children how many siblings you have, catch them one-on-one, on one, we have six siblings. If it's just the five little ones out in a restaurant, whoa, five kids, are they all yours? And they're like, nope, they're seven, very proudly. You know, like, <laughs> like, nope. And it's always so fun when I was pregnant, two people were like, is this your first or your second? And I always loved, like, it's my seventh. You know, are those the only options is the other response. And then the second one that I get a lot, and I've had fun with this one, is, whoa, your hands are full you know and it's it's the tone too like whoa your hands are full and it's just random passing like they have nothing else to say to me and i mean i don't think we're like a hot mess all the time we're coming th- i mean we look pretty sleek i think and so with this one has been fun because i've taken the opportunity with my children one day after hearing it one too many times i said hey you guys know how we love affirmations and we love compliments you know what Mommy's favorite compliment is, my favorite, all of them from other people. They're like, what is it? I said, "I love it when people say, "Oh, your hands are so full." Because I didn't want my children growing up hearing like this burden connotation with them. this, "Oh, that's gotta be exhausting." And so I told them that. and sure enough, the next day we're walking somewhere and somebody says, "Oh, your hands are full." And I didn't even notice it. And my, you know, my little gnashy bear's like, oh, and I hear a gasp from Wills. Oh, and I'm like, what? She said it. Mommy, the lady said it's your compliment. She gave you your favorite compliment. And I was like, yes, I love that compliment. If she could only see my heart. Yeah, so,
0: did you, uh, did you always want to have a large family? Or was that something that, that morphed over time?
1: Um, sure. I knew I wanted a large family. I didn't know it was going to be this large, and it wasn't planned that way. Um, we never felt incomplete, but with every child, was like, "Oh, there you are!" You know, "There you are, and welcome." And I love the idea. I love the idea of a big family. We are having a lot of fun. The dance parties are epic, and <laughs> the adventures are grand. And long term, I love the idea that they'll have each other. The older I get, I realize, you know, your family, that's your people. And I tell them, you know, God chose these best friends for you, and they'll have your back no matter what forever, and that's a really special thing. So I like the idea of no matter what, they'll have each other.
0: It's beautiful. And you love being pregnant.
1: Yeah, I do. Like, you love I, it. I, like, prefer it to not being. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Dr. Bede, you have to tell me. <laughs>
0: Why is that?
1: Um, I, well, I was really... I, I've never <laughs> been
0: pregnant. Sell me on it. I got
1: Um, (laughs) I mean, one, I was really fortunate. So I will say I was fortunate enough to have really easy and fabulous pregnancies. So I was never sick or anything like that. So I I don't know what it's like to struggle in pregnancy. So with great um, awareness around that, I'm not making light of what it it is, can be very, very difficult for a great many people. And I was, God didn't have enough confidence in me to make it difficult. So he just made it easy, I guess. Um, But... I just felt like I don't necessarily take that great a care of myself. I'll come see you, Um, Dr. Beattie. I don't take that great a care of myself, but being pregnant, I just feel like it's the closest you get to being part of a miracle. And I took it really seriously, and I thought every day consciously about what I was thinking about and what I was exposing myself to, both in thought and in environment and food, and I just... Loved it. I loved it, and I guess that's why it kept happening so many times, and my husband, you know Kevin would joke every year at Hoag, he'd be like, "All right, to the nurses he goes, "See you next year." and sure enough, I'd come in in heels, get a spritzer, get a baby." Uh, it was, it's been a lot of fun. Have you had a Hogue, Spritzer? You should go. It's worth visiting a friend. Next time you have a friend that has a baby, go and get a spritzer.
0: We did a photo shoot. I've, I've photographed Kim a lot of times yes, with all of her thank family you. and we did a photo shoot with you quite pregnant in the laundry mat in yes. Westside Coast Mesa. Yes. That was so it's awesome. It's the most
1: laundry I've ever done.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It was so fun. was shoot.
1: You're brilliant at it.
0: Why why are you so passionate about eradicating global violent extremism and Help us understand why you're passionate about that, and also maybe even tell us what that is. Why are you passionate about it, and how is Gen Next participating in fighting against it?
1: Well it's, well, it's not lost on me that we're sitting here today on September 12th, the day after 9-11, and there are moments in our history where our country has come together and had to come together and been reminded of our values And I hold the belief and I'm fortunate enough to do this with members of Gen Next and the team of Gen Next that it shouldn't take a national tragedy or an act of terrorism or a shooting or another act of hate and violence to bring people together and be reminded of values. And so I've committed my career and my time to bringing really good people together and holding true to those values so that those things don't continue.
0: How would you define violent extremism?
1: I would. Ex- I mean, there's different groups of people that in, in a peaceful setting that inappropriately get tagged as being an extremist just because it gets mislabeled. It's anybody that is on the high swing level of it with intent to harm and kill. So somebody that is very, very intent to say, I will, I want to learn how to donate to the KKK. I want to know how to kill a black person. I want to know how to drive a bus into a group of people. And that is their intent, to learn it and then execute on it.
0: Uh, just some reading that I was doing this week is, there seems like there's this, uh, well, within every group of violent extremists, there is a, a sense of being suppressed in some way, that they feel like something is being taken away from them. And if they don't fight, it will be taken away from them. So sure. it could be their land, it could be culture, it could be ego, it could be uh, whatever it might be. So there's a fight to keep, you know, whatever that is. And that could be uh, uh, the far right, white, yeah. mm-hmm. right? The white supremacist that yeah. we have or it could be um, uh, Al-Qaeda or something of that nature. Yeah. So tell me, how is Gen Next fighting against violent extremism?
1: So in the in a basic form, there's a couple ways. One is that the members of Gen Next, it, members of Gen Next are these incredibly um, important, powerful, influential people that want to pay attention to these ideas, the three that you mentioned in education, economics, and then global security. And that since they're paying attention to these issues, they then, you know, you've heard the saying, once you know better, you do better, right? So, And also, once you know, you can't pretend you don't know. With that knowledge then comes impact. And through that, Gen next affords their membership um, a couple of levers to pull. One is through policy and through nonpartisan policy, so you can affect change through create policy and long-term issues. And then the other lever is through the foundation, which we partner with different organizations like Google and different groups of people or individuals. Um, one of my dear friends and a great partner of ours is here tonight. His name's Arno, and he's in the back. And Arno is a hero and a true, um, in- truly incredible man. Arno represents one way in which we really do fight this because Arno has an incredible story, which you all should hear, and so I hope that we'll share it in some capacity. But. Um, Arno had a life where it starts, like you said, this commonality starts, and it starts quite young. It can start with bullying, like this feeling like you're other than or you need to make somebody feel other than. And it doesn't have to come from a certain kind of family or a certain kind of religion. There's a lot of through line in these things. And he grew up feeling like there was a justification of a certain group of people for his issues or his pain, just like we have all experienced that probably at some point in our lives. Arno became a really prolific recruiter for a neo-Nazi group and white supremacist organization and Now he is just this embodiment of peace and love and he is massive for us in de-radicalizing other current extremists because he's a credible voice to them. They're not going to listen to me in my minivan. They're going to say, you know, oh, you know this route and Arno is brave enough to go back into these groups and speak truth to a lot of lies. It's built on a lot of lies and people like Arno are brave enough to go and do that on a regular basis and there's a lot of other ways that we get involved that's really nitty-gritty but um, we're obviously working really hard on it and not doing enough fast enough and that weighs on um, me but I am really proud of what we have done and I know that we have helped save a, a lot of lives and intercept a lot of intent to kill and I just hope that we get the chance to keep doing that
0: So there are two ways that come to mind that I know that Gen X is involved in, and both of these are public, so I'm not sharing something that's not public information because it's been in (laughs) in the press. Um, So one is taking what would be called formers, people that are formerly violent extremists. Yes. Such as Arno. And then helping them they have relationships with people who are current violent extremists and seeking to de radicalize those individuals. Right. They can That's just also way.
1: identify it. Yes. Yeah. Go
0: ahead, say it. So they
1: can identify it. So they'll watch certain behavior and they know I mean violent extremists are very savvy. They're quite brilliant at what they're doing and they're better marketers than anybody we have. Like it's just they're way better. You can't you and you For us, you can't reason with unreasonable people and irrational people, right? They're going to play dirty, and if we're going to play clean, it becomes a very hard battle. So, but they'll watch things like, you could watch, there was a a teenage Christian high school girl in Orange County that was just searching for makeup tips online, and very systematically, um, a terrorist group was watching, you know, was responding to her makeup tips. It just looked very... Natural normal, until they just systematically roped her into this ideology she was she had a ticket and she was going to get on a plane and go over and be an ISIS bride and until one of our formers intercepted that because he watched the behavior, spoke the truth to it, involved agencies in the United States and were able to get her home to her family and we don't know what would have happened with her, what wouldn't have happened so I guess on this side of heaven we don't can't quantify a lot of our work but
0: and and one of the things that I want you guys to realize is, you know, w- we oftentimes are in a bubble of what we're, you know, experiencing in life. And it's not until we see a headline of someone, like she said, that's like, what? I didn't even know this was going on, yeah. you know? Like, one of the things that I find fascinating that Gen X partners with Google and others to do is something that's called the redirect method. Do you mind explaining that?
1: Sure. In simple terms... Um it's a way, well, it's redirect. So if you go into Google, not you, because hopefully nobody here is doing this, but if somebody is going into search, not just, um, for example, El Paso shooting, like who was that? Who did the shooting? But it's very nuanced. Like we might search those things because we're curious to understand what happened. You're not, we're not going to intercept you. That's not something we're looking for a needle in a haystack. But the searches for intent to kill after, for example, the El Paso shooting went up almost 60%. People then, and this is not, it's sadly not even surprising anymore. More people are now like, well, where can I go kill some Jews? Where can I kill some? And it's it's a horrible, horrible reality.
0: And Google tracks this, just so you know. Like yeah. this is like they're tracking like the, the searches and how it, it's not only um that but also cer- cer- certain songs yes
1: yeah, so they use music quite a bit an emoji songs. language yeah it's very nuanced and people that search these it's a very nuanced search terms and so once we recognize that and this is the beauty of the private sector is the government there's privacy rights and all these things that they cannot get involved in well we're private sectors so we can get in there and if we see that somebody is searching for those things we redirect it. So it look like we're going to answer that question. They think they're getting the answer they were looking for, how to drive a bus and like whatever it is. And we look like they are answering that. They start to watch a video on YouTube. Yes, it looks like, and then it goes down and we track how long they're watching the videos and the different ones they click on and it starts then to tell the truth. You start thinking it partnered with somebody that's a hero like an Arno or somebody else that will say, this isn't what you think it is. You're not going to be go welcomed into some community in the afterlife of, you know, this is not going to be heaven. It's it's horrible. They're giving weapons to 5-year-olds. It's disgusting. It's not what you think it is. You're not you're not helping anyone by doing this. And the truth comes out that way. If it's extremely violent, there's other methods to intercept.
0: Really fascinating. I mean, through a Google search, an ad will pop up that will lead them to a a YouTube playlist. And the YouTube playlist is curated by a private sector, an organization that partners with Google. And that YouTube playlist is not something that they are producing. It's something that those who have come out of it for are producing. So it looks very authentic. In terms of uh something that might look like would radicalize them, but in reality it's de-radicalizing them. Yes. Yeah, amazing. Amazing work. Thank you. Uh one last question. How how do you do it? How do you have (laughs) career, family, (laughs) friends, smile? Like how do you (laughs) how how do you have it all? And in high heels. What the heck? Always. (laughs) Always. She sleeps in high heels, I swear.
1: (laughs) Gotta be ready. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> gotta be ready I, I don't, I mean I, the truth is I don't, I don't it's about um, just being really grateful, I have a really full life uh, it's, I don't use the words like busy or you know those things it's, actually that goes back to oh your hands are full, I would use that word in a really positive connotations all the time and I do, I have a really full life and things do get missed I mean there are times I'll miss uh, story time at night, and there are times that I'll miss an opportunity to go deeper with friendships and people that I'm even seeing here tonight. And it's so sweet to me um, that you're here. Uh, I miss having those kinds of the time for those relationships, but I think I'm just really, really grateful. One, that I have a husband that's an incredible partner and helps with everything and is just a huge champion of me and our family and carries a ton of weight for all of us. And then just realizing that this is all, it's not my burden, this is all my blessing. Like, I'm not driving my kids to doctor's appointments for something serious. Everything we go to is of our choosing. My job is really fulfilling. And if I miss something, I go to sleep at night knowing that it's for them. I really believe in what we're doing. I'm really grateful to do it with the people I do it with. And at every moment, I think... I, my grandchildren will read different headlines in the newspaper someday and I had something to do with that. And for that, I'm very, very grateful. So things get missed, things fall through the cracks. Um, my heels don't always match, but I, I, uh, I look forward to every day because I have these beautiful babies and this wonderful husband and this incredible job and friends that have grace enough to still... Uh, show up for me, even though I don't show up for them as much as I should.
0: Kim, you're amazing. Thank you, you are changing the world. You are sustaining life. These kids, <laughs> right? I mean, and they're they're just beautiful. Thank they're you. smart. They're hardworking. Thank you. They're talented. They're lucky to have you, you as a mom. They're lucky to have Kevin as a dad. Yes, uh, so incredible. So I love you. I appreciate Damn you it. so much. I'll uh, never forget. The moments where you invited me and allowed me to come in with Abby and Elle and pray with them eleven years ago at their bedside when I was dying and just having so many challenges and you invited me into that sacred moment of praying for them at night. And that was so powerful to do that multiple times with you guys. I'm so thankful for that. And I'll always remember that it was a very special time for me.
1: I will too. Oh, we love you. you. I love Thanks, you. Thanks, Chatter.
0: All right. You guys give her a hand. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kim, and I want to encourage you to share it with a friend who might be encouraged or inspired by what Kim had to say. Simply take a screenshot of the episode and text it to them. Tell them to listen to the Inspiration Rising podcast. All right, until next time, have a wonderful week.